0: Well, hello, and welcome back to another scary, scary edition of Ghost Stories Told from the South. I am your host, Stephen Lebooth, and I got some skilly skilly stuff for you today, boys and girls. <laughs> How is everybody doing today? Sorry I'm late. I don't mean to be. But I'm late, but I'm still here recording this for you guys. Just want to say thank you guys once again. Numbers are doing great, doing good. Keep up the good work, guys. It's uh pretty dang cool, man. Pretty dang cool. I'm getting hurt all around the world. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much to everybody. All right. Alright, so, like I said, we're going to be doing uh, some uh, <coughs> haunted places in Scotland. So, what do you say we get down to the scary stories? Grab a warm blanket. Snuggle up by the fire. Get you some hot cocoa or something. Or some hot tea or coffee. Snuggle up by the fire. And get ready for ghost stories told from the south, baby. Some scary, scary stuff. All right. Our first story. Our first story is the Roslyn Chapel in Middleothian, Scotland. The Roslyn Chapter... Is that as being one of the most haunted places in Scotland, especially with the current gloat of books, purting to show how hidden secrets lurk within every crack of every crack and cranny at this uh, scary place. Anybody who has ever visited the chapel may feel that it that it deserves its current status. And I must confess, the atmosphere, even on a busy day, is something to be experienced. The exotic carvings are some of the best in the in the whole Europe, and poetry signs not found any other fifteenth-century chapel. It has become one of the mech, became a kind of mecca to those interested in the mysteries of life and contains many carvings uh, revealing the biblical, monastic, pentagon, and knights-templar themes. Okay, here's the history. The area around Roslyn has played an important role in the history of Scotland. And the castle was key was a was a key holding was a key holding holding during the wars of the of independence. A a battle was fought here in eight, uh, 1303, when a small force of Scottish knights defended a large English army three times in 24 hours. From that can be assorted from the uh, scattered surviving historical references. The chapel was built for the Prince of Archnery, Sir William St. Clair, in 1446. The chapels being part of a large-scale project involving big construction or big structures that was uh, never completed. The Prince of Arcady died in 1884, and was buried within the chapel. According to, the, according to Father Richard Augustine Hay, who published a study on the genealogy of the Saint Clares of Roslyn, the workers and the materials were brought from the brought far and wide. The village of Roslyn began created for the uh, numerous stonemasons and other uh workers there it was this period that the app appre, uh, apprentice is supposed to have been murdered an apprentice is a person you're uh, teaching your trade to so they can be the next uh you know carpenter mason guy <clears throat> Okay, to have murdered the... Okay, the uh, apprentice is supposed to supposed to have been murdered for some super spazzing his master's skills. Basically, he got killed for uh, doing better than his uh, teacher. The chapel did not remain in use for long. Great changes in a big way in activity during the uh, reformation led to the provost resigning under threat of violence and by 1592 the atlores of the chapel had been smashed in occur, uh smashed in occurrence, occur, 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 occurrence, with the uh, formation and the thought of it from this time Onwards until the eighteenth century the building became to fall into ruin. groomwell's troops used the chapel as a stable while they were while they were nearby Roslyn Castle in 16, 1650. fifty. It is surprising that they need that they did not destroy the chapel any further as many uh, ancient places of society were destroyed by uh, groomwell's troops eight years later the chapel was attacked by an, by an Edinburgh mob and some of the villagers from roslin the chapel was still seen as a by 10 blatantly gothic, and a target against ordinary, some of their interior carvings of the chapel were destroyed during the uh, rampage. James St. Clair halted some of the environmental damage to the chapel when in seventeen thirty-six, he reflagged the floor and fixed the roof. The most extensive repairs were started in eighteen sixty-one, when architect David Bryant was commenced to restore the chapel by James Alexander, the third Earl of Rosslyn. It was indicated on April twenty-second of eighteen sixty-two from then on the chapel has been in use restoration has continued although bad restoration techniques used in the uh, 1950s have led to the recovering steel structure to to allow the stonework to dry out here are some of the legends and mystical connections the chapel <coughs> the chapel has played the part of many theories of mystical beliefs. The chapel has a strong atmosphere and and this isn't me talking, this is someone who wrote the story. On my visit I certainly felt uplifted as I walked through the door and into the chapel. And then romantic uh, and romantic in, romantic in me ha- the romantic in me half-imagined and welling of energy from under the stone floor creating light-headedness. But then this is purely personal feelings with no scientific basis. Although later research suggested other people have had these same feelings. This is probably probably something to do with the dim light, and the multiple, and the multitude of strange carvings. There has certainly been a lot of gestured about the uh, chapel's mystical significance, the place in the abdominal This place has many, many this place has many mystical myths and the followers are a few legends and theories so this place is just surrounded with theories and stuff and here's one of the stories the murdered apprentice the chapel has been described as a tips tipstery in stone and it has some of the most impressive stone carvings in Scotland, if not Europe, especially the apprentice pillar. This pillar is said to have been carved by an apprentice to the master mason. The master went to Rome to seek inspiration for the carvings. When he returned, he found that his apprentice had completed the pillar and made an exquisite masterpiece out of it. Enraged, he's said to have struck him dead on the spot in a fit of jealousy. Whether this is pure myth or based on real events is not known. According to some sources, the Bishop of St. Andrew is supposed to have obtained the Pope's permission to delay the construction of the building because of a violent deed had taken place. The story may have its basics in the legend of Hammer Hammer Haram Abef and other and other aspects of the Masonic of the Masonic thought and ritual. One of the carvings within the chapel shows a young man with a cut in his forehead. It is said to be depicted the uh, murdered apparatus the murdered apparatus this is a chance that the carving has been damaged in the past however either accidentally or intentional perhaps when the uh, altars were smashed or when the chapel was attacked by a mob from the village so so Basically, this guy's ghost roams the place. They say, because his uh, teacher got jealous of him that he had a he had a better talent of carving the stone than he did. That's pretty fucked up, pretty messed up, if you ask me. Now we're gonna go over the uh, knights. Okay, no, we're not gonna go over that. We're gonna go over the ghost. The Roslyn Castle Ghost and Legend Legends No description about the alleged haunting of the chapel would be complete without including Roslyn's castle. Roslyn's castle, hauntings and legends. The two are linked both in historical and mystical connections. The castle is in Evans. Still owned by the Sinclair family, are haunted by the castle. It is. Why is it saying, castle? Because it's saying a castle. Well, maybe it's talking about the castle. Then okay. Anyways, <coughs> the castle and its environs, still owned by the Sinclair, are haunted by black knight on horseback, who has been seen by motorists on their separate occasions there is no story to suggest how the figure might be it might be speculation suggestions he is a knight killed in the battle of 1303 there is a story that if you stand on a certain step within the castle and blow a trumpet I don't get why it's talking about, huh? Huh? Well, this is uh, talking about the uh, castle right next to the chapel. So, okay, there. Okay, there's a story. Okay, got that. Trumpet below, and we've found although similar story has been told to me about blowing a horn within the chapel to reveal these secrets of Rosalind. The ghost of the white lady is also said to freak with the area. So, they got the white lady, the lady in white. Ah, that that girl's everywhere. There are very, or that very night, oh wait, the story of the, uh, the story with the longest preceded suggestions suggest a phantom hood. Who haunts the woods around the castle on a dark, on dark stormy nights, heralded by his eerie baying? The legend as to how it came to haunt the area is as follows, and can be found in a, full, found in full in, more Highland folk tales, 1964. On February the 24th of 1302. The site was the scene of a major battle between Scots and the English forces. One of the English knights was master of a large warhood, or was a master of a large warhood, and when the Englishman was killed by a Scottish knight, the hood attacked him so viciously that the Scotsman was forced to kill it. That very night as the Scots rested, in the confines of Rosslyn Castle, the spirit of the hooded hood, hood appeared in the guard room, causing panic amongst the troops. After this, the dog appeared nightly, and the soldiers nicknamed it the Mufti Dog. Eventually, the turn, the turn to guard came to the man who had slain the Hood Master the hound's master i mean walking down the passages with the castle keys he let out a scream above the noise of a snarling hound and fled back upstairs in bleak pan- in blind panic <laughs> he never spoke he never spoke another word and died 3 days later the hound was said to have disappeared from the castle after this event, although the sound of although the sound of baying can still be heard. Additional information, due to the increase of the popularity of the chapel through having been referred to it in the Da Vinci Code novel in the film, it is said that the Coincident time to visit the chapel is in the morning. Hmm. Well, hope you j- guys enjoyed that story about a haunted chapel and a haunted castle on the grounds. <laughs> All right, let me get a drink and we'll do the next story. All right, our next story is the Caldor Castle. The Caldor, Lays, or Caldor Castle in Norrinshore, Scotland. Call, the Caldor Castle is one of the Highlands most haunted castles. Immortalized by Shakespeare in the days of the play Macbeth built around a holy tree and haunted by an apparition said to be the ghost of the Harris ghost of an Harris once kidnapped by one of the most powerful families in Scotland Cal Caldor castle lies in the peaceful location which bellies its dramatic and intriguing past. Nestled in the heart of the old highland country of Norin, Caldor Castle dates to the late 14th century and was home to the Thans and later the Earls of Caldor. The original occupants of Caldor Castle were the Calders. And they held the title Than, which was the, which was the, roughly the equivalent of a European bar- baron, but with greater just, just, huh, with greater just Okay, anyways, with greater power and administration and administrative power. Where was I at? In greater power. Okay. William VII, Than of Calward, supposedly increased the Caldor family influence by marrying Margaret Sutherland of uh, Donbeth Castle, grandmother of Donald MacDonald. Ha, <laughs> ha, MacDonald of uh, MacDonald, eighth lord of the uh, Is- Isles. With connections with some of Scotland's highest and richest and powerful families, William had, William must have thought he was invincible. He expanded his lands through a sense of purchase and by marrying again after Margaret died. He received a charter from the king which amalgamated am- uh, all these lands and his newly acquired holdings into one large super holding, basically. One large lo- one large, you know, property. <laughs> he also received a permit heraldling sher- uh sheriff's sh- sheriffmanship and keeper of the king's castle of Nora for the for himself and his Nayers. Then Williams was constantly and at odds with his neighbor. Hugh Rose or a Hugh Huge, Hugh Rose of von Castle. Things came to a head when he in charactered in when he in character it, it charactered when he encountered Curvock's son in the uh, dungeon at Cordell's castle, Carvels applied to his wife, uh, or appealed to his wife's kinsman, the Earl of Hudi, who was the King of L- Lutenden. L- a royal warrant was, ins- was issued. Demanding the release of the young Kil- Kilvarok. Ah, I gotta turn my lights up a little. Oh, that's as far as they go. These mother. However, this was not his only uh, brush with the law. Than William, his son William, and several retainers were charged with the uh, slaughter and torturing of Patrick Wiseman, Dukin, McAmis, William Blackshaw, and John Reed, reportedly over the theft of Than William's castle. He was pardoned by the king. Later, he was tried and found guilty in the uh, circuit court of Ampradin and was sentenced to beheaded. One, once, more, once more, King James V invaded and pardoned him. William resigned his estate of Caldor in favor of his second son, John William. The older son was lame and so was given a portion and became the uh, valcor of Barbarian. Then Williams was keen to repair the feud with... Rose of Kellervark, and the arranged for his son and their son and heir, John to marry Isabella Rose of Kellervark. <coughs> Alice, Alice leaving a widow carrying his child. His Harris was trusted into a world vunturally in the uh, mercy of the power-hungry lords, who released the released that, however, had controlled his infant girl, controlled the title, wealth, and lands of the than uh, of Kodor. Okay. This is basically just going over some more of the history. I want to get into the ghost stuff. I'm seeing if there's... This. Okay. One thing that is... Uh, I guess I'll just keep freaking reading. Where was I? Okay. Anyways, we're going to get to where, why that's... Um, one of the reasons besides the uh, ghost, why that's, uh place is uh, so famous. The Holy Tree. Okay. It is thought that William... The third Thane of Corridor decided to build a new castle <coughs> on less marshy site than its predecessor. He set out to find a new site after having all having a dream. The dream set down instructions for him to follow. He loaded painters of gold on the back of a donkey. And followed it around all day. Until the the creature settled under a hawthorn tree to rest. There William built his castle. One day oddly enough about the castle. Is it is built around the tree where the donkey came to rest. It is. It is housed in a cellar known as the Halthorn Room. And visitors to the castle can see the trees still standing after all these years. The cellar is next to the old dungeons that once housed a a Rose Killorfeek. Marl's uncle Modern of modern Okay, Modern's uncle of modern science, scientific ah. Morland's uncle, the modern scientific analyst, has revealed that the tree died in thirteen seventy two. Previously through begin, being prevented of prevented of light after the construction of the castle also the tree is holy, is a holy tree not a hawthorn according to legend the tree has magical powers and numerous occasions has, and on numerous occasions it has saved the castle so basically when they went to build its castle the guy was like okay donkey show me where to build this and he uh, rested under this tree, supposedly. And that's where this guy built the castle. And there's been reports, you know, of ghost footsteps, disembodied voices. And, you know, with the place that old, you're going to have a lot of that. So that place is pretty, pretty cool. Let me get another drink, here and we'll do the next one. All right, our next story is this Sterling Castle in Stirling, Scotland. Okay. <laughs> the Ghost of Stirling Castle. Sitting on top a creepy rise some 250 feet above the River Forth Stirling. Stirling Castle was and still is one of Scotland's mightiest castles thanks to its strength thanks to its strategic uh, anyways thanks to the locate thanks to its important location it also has a violent and turbulent history Sterling has seen war, seances, and many gruesome deeds. The history of Sterling Castle. Sterling Castle's stone evidence was built in the 15th century <coughs> in the 15th century and still stands strong today but the site's history goes much farther back. Indeed, there has been some form of fortification there since at least the early 12th century. Surrounded at three sites by cliffs and offering panoramic views of the surrounding area, including the uh, the River River Forth, Stirling Castle was a strategically important site for many centuries. Over the year it has seen no fewer than 8 major sieges and played a critical role in the medieval wars of the of, the, of Scottish independence. Beyond its foundation as a military fortress, Stirling also survived as a place and as a favorite of many Scottish kings and queens before Scottish Union with England. Several Scottish kings and queens are also crowned at Stirling, the most notable being Mary Queen of Scotland. Crowned in the Sterling Castle Chapel as an infant in, in 1543, Mary also spent much time living in the castle as an adult. As Sterling's most famous resident, she has become linked to many of the ghost stories associated with the place, including the legend of the Green Lady. Finally, another color besides the White Lady. Everybody's got the White Lady. The Lady in White. But this one is called The Green Lady of Sterling Castle. The Green Lady of Sterling Castle, perhaps, is the most famous ghost said to haunt Sterling Castle. However, been spotted by numerous residents and visitors over the years. But the answer to the question of who she is is excuse me, is and why she haunts the place depends on, on who you ask. A heroic or clumsy maidservant. That's what the headline says. One of the most prevalent stories concerning the Green Lady suggests that she was a maidservant who saved Queen Mary's life. One night the maidservant had a pronunciation that Mary was in danger. In response, she rushed to the queen's bedchamber to find flames concerning, uh, consuming the large draperies of the bed, where they lie, where they where, ugh, wherein lay the queen, still sleeping and blissfully unknown of the situation. Seeing this, the uh, maid servant pulled the queen's sleeping body to safety. Afterwards, Mary recounted a prophecy that a fire would threaten her life. There's another uh, morbid version of the story where she is again Mary's maidservant. But in this tale, she does not rescue the queen from the fire, but accidentally causes it after knocking over a candle. The other servants and guards realize what is happening and pull Mary and the maidservant out of the harm's way, only for the servant to perish due to injuries. In either case, the uh, ap- the appearance of the Green Lady is seen by many as either a warning or an omen that danger, typically in the form of a fire, lies ahead. Some even believe that the locking the or looking the green lady in the eyes will, will result in certain death. In the upcoming days, the commander's daughter. There is one final story associated with the green lady that is, entirely defended from the other two, and even darker. In its tale, the woman is not a servant, but she but she, but the daughter of the castle's commander who fell in love with one of the castle's soldiers her father discovered the affair and in a fit of rage shot the soldier down driving his heartbroken daughter to throw herself off the ba- off the battlements to her death In 1935, an architect... Oh, never mind. The Highland Ghost. Another well-known haunting associated with Stirling Castle is the Highland Ghost. No one knows who the ghost is, but it's described as a man dressed in traditional Scottish attire who frequents the castle's grounds. Modern tourists often... Mistake him for a tour guide, only for him to vanish into thin air when approach him. It seems that the Highland ghost can appear in any part of Stirling's castle, but he takes a particular liking to the uh, dungeons. Here, obs, obs, uh, observers have seen him walking through a doorway that was filled with brick many years ago. Is Mary, Queen of Scotland's The Pink Lady? The Pink Lady. The Green Lady is not the only association Mary, Mary, Queen of Scots has with the hauntings around Stirling Castle. According to some, she herself is one of the fortress's many ghosts, the apparition known as the Pink Lady. Typically seen wearing a flowerly pink dress, the Pink Lady has been spotted in and around the castle's grounds. However, he does not stick around for long. Instead, she is generally seen walking away from the castle's torch, the nearby church of Holy Holyrood. Mm, that's a good name for a church. Holyrood. While some incite the ghost of the, ghost is the Queen of Scots. Others suggest she is a widow looking for her husband who died in battle. Another uh, theory says the, says the pink lady is Mary, but not the Queen Mary. Instead, she's Mary Witherspoon, a woman killed by body snatchers centuries ago. Other sterling ghosts, the Highland uh, man, and the pink and green ladies, are the most common uh, sightings and well-known ghosts of the castle. But there aren't the on- They are not the only ghosts haunting the place. There is also said to be the ghost of an unnamed guardsman. The story says that he was patrolling the top of the castle when an unknown force struck him down. When the other guards found him, he had took a horrible fear of his dead face. There have been many reports of the phantom footsteps heard in the upper regions of the castle coming from one of the empty chambers upstairs perhaps we may venture these we may venture these noises are the results of one of several ghosts who occupy the castle (coughs) all right what do we got next guys boys and goers all right, our next story is the Dryburg Abbey Hotel, Scottish on the Scottish border. According to the hotel's website, the Dryburg Abbey's hotel offers peace and tranquility in the Scottish bo- on, or in the Scottish borders. What it is, what? Is not so eager to discuss, Of however, is the fact that Dryburg Abbey Hotel is one of the most haunted hotels in Scotland, with much unexplained activities and countless paranormal sightings. The original Dryburg Abbey served as home to Roman Catholic order of monks and was founded in 1150 by the Lord of Lauderdale. In the near thousand years which have passed since the monastery was built, it has become nothing more than some fallen rubble, now located within the grounds of the Dry, Dryburg Abbey Hotel. The four-star hotel is said to have been built in the site of an older house that stood during Dryburg Abbey's years as a religious property. According to some sources, the original uh, house was home to a young woman who entered into a tempestuous love affair with a monk. When the monks, when the monks' peers discovered the relationship, they demanded that he is executed for his failure to stay faithful to his vocation when the woman learned of his of her lover's death she was distraught distraughted that she threw herself into the river or into the river tweed where she drowned visitors of the hotel have reported witnessing the woman journeying through the hotel and, in its, gr- and its grounds she has became she has come to be known as the Gorilla lady Guests have also encountered the terrifying apparition of a group of monks engrossed in some sort of religious chant. It should be noted that at least some of the monks of these ghostly orders could be responsible for the ki- for the killing the Grey Lady's partner. Yeah, all right, man. Well, that was some pretty good stories. What do y'all think? I liked them. I enjoyed them. I'm going to cover Scotland some more. So that's what's going to be coming up more and more Scottish stuff. Because I keep forgetting <laughs> when I'm running into a, a block on getting the show formatted. I keep forgetting. I can tell those ghost stories from around the world. yeah. <laughs> But, sorry I'm late again, guys. I will get back on track again. Having these ready for you on Saturday morning. Very sorry for the, for the uh, being late. But, I'm here. Just want to say thank you guys once again for listening. You guys are the best, man. But, until then, until next time. We'll see you next time on the Scary Scary Podcast. That says been Ghost Stories Told from the South. I am your host, Stephen LeBooth, guys, and we will see you next time.